Welcome back, Rams fans. I am Vinny Bonsignor, along with Rich Hammond, my friend and colleague at The Athletic. And this is 11 Personnel, your definitive Rams podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being aboard. Uh, And Rich, as I look at the calendar, it's the first week of September, which means one thing. We're in actual game mode. Regular season is right around the corner. Sunday in Charlotte against Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. I'm pretty fired up. How about you, Rich? I am. You know, it's funny. These off-seasons sometimes tend to kind of fly by. It just seems like it's been a long time since the Super Bowl. I I don't know why. I don't know why I feel that way. It's it's just I'm I'm excited to, to think that we're actually going to see some NFL football uh, this week. I mean, it's actually here. So uh, I know you're pumped up to get down to Carolina and and cover that game. And and I'm excited to watch and and see how this Rams season plays out. I I think it's going to be fascinating. There's obviously higher expectations than there's ever been coming, coming off an NFC championship. I think they easily could get back there. I think they easily could not and, you know, suffer an early playoff loss. So I know we're going to get into a lot of those factors and, and, uh, but the, the last time we talked to people, we, we still hadn't known the Rams roster yet. We were still kind of on the cusp of, of seeing what that 53-man roster is going to look like. And, and we found out about it over the weekend. I think, Vinny, you did a fantastic job of, of predicting how that roster was going to look like. Uh, there's always a couple surprises, a couple things we don't see coming. I don't, I don't think anybody predicted Troy Reader, for instance. That that one really came off of, uh, came came out of right field. So, but in general, I, I thought you did an awesome job of kind of breaking that down as as the preseason went along. But uh, that said, Vinny, I mean, w- were there any surprises for you other than Troy Reader? I guess uh, when, when that roster came down, was there anything that you know particularly grabbed your eye? Yeah, well, absolutely, Troy Reader. Um, but the one thing that you know, I always have to remind myself, and I try to remind um, you know our, our, our readers and subscribers um, and fans. Um, a lot of those last uh, roster decisions comes down to special teams, and John Fossil has a huge say uh, in all that. And and you know, we can't sit standing on the sidelines. It's hard for us to really determine um, who the best special teams players are. I mean, it's easy to say, hey, JoJo Natson can really return punts really well but you know when when there's other guys you know performing other responsibilities it's hard really to make those kind of determinations but obviously John Fossil is a pretty uh you know he's an expert at, at that so uh I I defer to him a lot of times on those on those last uh roster positions and and obviously Troy who by the way uh he's from Delaware and I was talking to him uh on Monday and he has this really thick Delaware accident and he's convinced that he doesn't have an accent he's like I have an accent I'm like Troy <laughs> you have a huge accent I mean for us here in California it's just startling um and 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 in a cool way he's a really he's a really good down-to-earth guy and I think you know his his inside linebacker play that'll come along I don't think they're really expecting uh to for him to play that position too much early on you know knock on wood for them it would mean injuries occurred that's why he would be on the field for that but uh, you know, special teams is his forte right now. And other than that, really, and I guess John Wolford, uh, toward the end of preseason, it was pretty obvious that, that he had nudged ahead of Brandon Allen. So, so John, you know, being added to the practice squad, I know that's not a big thing right now, but it could be down, down the road. Um, 
but other than that, really, I mean, every oh, John Franklin Myers, he started uh, losing some momentum and losing steam toward the end of uh, the preseason and, and, and training camp. Uh, the, the combination of Tanzel Smart really reinventing himself and reemerging uh, on the Rams' radar after kind of a lost season last year, not playing all too, all too much. And then Morgan Fox coming back healthy and strong and, and able to get to the passer uh, as a rotational pass rusher, I think nudged John Franklin Myers aside. We all saw, I think it was the Jets who who he got uh, signed by, so so good for him. Uh, he'll have another chance somewhere, but... Unfortunately for him, for the in, in the Rams' case, you know he just got beat out basically. But other than that, uh, pretty much where we expected it to be. What about you, Rich? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, just a Troy Reader. It's uh, I know what you're talking about. It's the guys that like I have a friend from the Philadelphia area. He says like instead of water, he says water. And then we're yes. like, you know, why do you say it that way? And he says, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, you know, he says, water. And I said, water. And we go <laughs> right, back and right, forth. Right. So they, they don't get it. And then uh, yes. I, I sometimes wonder about that. Like when we, when we go to other parts of the country or the world, are they like, oh, they're clearly from California because of the way that they talk. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see it. I think that's totally ridiculous, of course. Exactly. Uh, yeah. exactly. But, uh, you know, a couple things grabbed me about the roster of any uh, two, two things. Um, one was the fact that they did keep three running backs and I mean I, right. I remember in our last podcast I kind of you know asked that question thinking there's no way that they could could do that because of you know just you don't usually do that and the fact that there's some uncertainty regarding Todd Gurley and sure enough what did they do they only kept three running backs and and even then I thought well you know when one of these guys you know, when Justin Lawler goes on the injured list or some, something else happens, they'll probably, you know, bring back John Kelly or they'll sign somebody else. Nope, it's Tuesday morning and, and they have not done anything else to, to the roster, to that running backs room. So apparently they are happy with that and, and you know, confident going ahead with those three guys. That, that was interesting to me. And perhaps, Vinny, um, an indication that things are going okay with Todd Gurley. I, I can't imagine that if there was some kind of internal concern or thought that, you know, he wasn't going to make it very far, that, that they would only go with, with two backups. So to me, that was maybe a subtle indication that things are going pretty well there. So, But still, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. The other surprise to me was Simba Webster. I did not see that coming uh, just because we've talked so much and, and you've written so much about the strength of that Rams receiver room. And clearly you have the top three guys in Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I mean, just as solid as a trio of a trio as you're going to get. And then Josh Reynolds, a guy who, as you've written many times, could start on other teams. So you have four guys there who are very, very solid. And then you have a couple solid backups too. So I was a little bit surprised at that one just because I don't know quite where that fit is. I know Webster had a really good preseason and and maybe it's, he's a case of those guys who you talk about, Vinny, who, you know, if they show up, you, you just don't want to lose them, even if, you know, they're a little bit redundant in some areas. But uh, what happened there? What do you what do you think? Did, did he just show out so much that they couldn't lose him or, or is there maybe an actual role for this guy? Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, on the on the three running backs, um, I'm with you. I don't think you, we can read anything else into this other than. Hey, they're pretty happy with where Todd Gurley is health wise, and that's 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 a good thing. Um, and when we look at the running back uh, room and only three players in it, 
that goes right to wide receiver. They kept seven wide receivers by my count. Um, yeah. I think it was, yeah, seven, seven wide receivers, right? Or yeah, seven. So um, they added an extra wide receiver. And in this case, uh, it was Simba Webster, who did play really well in the preseason uh, and during training camp. You know, and I talked to him uh, about you know, he and a couple of the other guys, Troy uh, in, in particular, uh, Natrez Patrick as well is like, you know, people say that, hey, the preseason doesn't count. Well, I think they would argue that it does. <laughs> it counts a lot. You know, they were able to get on the field uh, and, and show what they were capable of doing. And, and Webster in particular, uh, every time his number got called, he delivered. And I think that you know, he was just too good not to not 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 to keep around. Number one, number two. I would wonder if he continues to show that he could be a capable special teams player. Uh, what that really means long range for JoJo Natson. Um, obviously, JoJo can can you know he we've seen what he can do as a punt returner. His wide receiver play is a little bit limited. Um, whereas Webster, I think if he can if he can you know do well as a punt returner, I, he's a better wide receiver, better fit for uh, at, you know in in what the Rams try to do. A little bit more capable than JoJo. So long range, does that mean that JoJo gets aced out when some other decisions have to be made? And as we know, a regular season roster is in constant turmoil uh, between injuries and guys coming back from suspension, uh, guys coming off the IR. Uh, there's a lot of factors that, that play into it. Could this be uh, you know, a long range indication that maybe JoJo Natson's job you know, eventually could be, could be in jeopardy? Uh, but... Getting back to Webster, he played well and he earned his he earned his place on the on the roster, and I think that they're really excited about what he can do for them uh, presently and and in the future. Yeah, so maybe Webster's a guy who just he needs to cook a little bit more. Is that maybe the the thought yeah. here that you know that the potential is there, but maybe you just don't feel comfortable enough putting him back there in in those return situations just yet. But eh, maybe you know a month or two from now he he might get there, and then you know. Sorry, Jojo, but yeah, that that's a right. good scenario. I, I hadn't I hadn't thought about that, and uh, and maybe that's the plan because uh, you know I think we all know you you talked about it with Troy Reader how important those those special teams are and, and how big mm-hmm. uh, a factor John Fossil is. So so maybe that's something uh, you know we could see see down the line. I mean, is Jojo h- how did he look in the preseason? Did, did he give you any any pause to think that that maybe that'd be a change they would make, or you think it would just be a scenario where you know Webster just flat out outplays him? Well, it was hard, you know, again, because JoJo didn't really play too much uh, as well. So, you know, he was put in the uh, uh, protective uh, wrap. Um, So you're only going really on on what's going on in in practices and there's no hitting uh in those in those situations it's you know yes they're going 100% running wise but it's still not you know the, the the craziness that a real special teams punt return or kick return uh might be in the regular season so he looked okay um he looked like JoJo and I'm sure that's that's enough uh for for the Rams right now he was he was a, a a definite weapon as far as a punt returner last year, a very capable punt returner. But I just look at Webster and if he could do the same thing and he, he did get some returns and did look really good on, on returns. Um, you know, that combined with, you know, just a more versatile wide receiver, a more dependable, probably wide receiver long-term. And, you know, the Rams as a team, you're doing your homework. You're, you're probably fielding calls. I mean, you are not just probably, you are fielding calls. So there might've been some calls about a Webster, which convinced them that, hey, if we put him on waivers, try to sneak him through waivers to get him on the practice squad, 
uh, there's a good chance we're not going to get him back. So they just didn't want to risk losing him. And so they'll keep him. They have, I, pro- I think, one one more wide receiver than they probably need. Uh, but that's a that's a problem that they can, like we were talking about with p- potentially JoJo, that's a problem that they can, um, you know, address, address down the road. But uh, JoJo looked good in preseason, and I don't ex- or, or training camp, I should say. I don't expect that to change. But to me, the, 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 the bigger question is, if Webster can show that he could be a, a solid punt returner, kick returner, combined with his wide receiver skills, that might ace out JoJo eventually. Interesting. And, you know, obviously the Rams did lose some guys. I, I believe it was five players who they waived who ended up catching on with other teams. I, yep. I saw this. I don't know whether it ended up being an official count or not, but probably not surprising that the Rams and the Patriots were the two teams that who had the most waived players picked up by other teams. It certainly is a, a statement about, about your depth and, and the success that you had. Uh, those guys who, who got picked up, Vinny, I mean, who do you see, I don't want to say come back to haunt the Rams, but who do you think could maybe catch on and, and really have a big role and maybe take advantage uh, of that opportunity? Because I think at least a couple of these guys probably you know, will get a chance to show themselves with another team. Yeah, uh, I think Hodge, the uh, wide receiver, uh, went to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and to me, he's an NFL player. And, you know, I was talking to some some Rams people, um, you know, after all after all the dust settled, and I was like, you know, and Kevin Peterson as well, uh, the, the cornerback, um, uh, you know, he got picked up as well. Those are two players I think that obviously the Rams would have loved to have had them sneak through the, you know, the, the process and then added to the to – the, uh, you know, to the practice squad to have for, you know, down the road purposes. But in both of their those guys' case, I think that they've graduated from the practice squad. You know, let's be honest, they, they, those guys are NFL players and they deserve their shot someplace else. And it just so happens that, you know, they're, they've graduated from the practice squad, but they're on a team or were on a team with the Rams where you probably needed a, you know, 4.2 GPA and a perfect SAT score at their positions to stick on this team. That's how good this team really is so um you know they're going to get their chance elsewhere and i think that both of them uh, have a good shot at that playing early and, and contributing early and you know you're going to hear ram fans if if hodge is is doing well which i i think that he's going to have a role um you know with, with the browns kind of you know why do we let him go uh, uh and rightfully so but you can't keep everybody and he deserves a chance to be on an NFL team and, and playing and, and he just wasn't really going to get that opportunity with the Rams as deep as the wide receiver room uh, is. So those two players in particular, I think, you know, we can start hearing about them pretty early. Yeah, I agree. I, Peterson is my guy. Um, I, I think yeah, he, of course. he could go and, and, you know, I think Arizona picked him up. I, I could see him going yes. in there and having a good role. A little bit surprised there, Vinny. I, I thought maybe they'd try to find a way to keep him. I know they had a tough decision down there at the end, but but just with some of the uncertainty that we've talked about before about the, the cornerbacks, even going into the future, I wondered if they'd find a way to, to keep him just uh, for the future, if, if nothing else. But again, tough decisions across the board had to be made. You can only keep 53 out of 89 that the Rams had in camp. So never easy. And there's always going to be questions or maybe doubts or, or regrets looking back. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. But Vinny, you, you talk to these guys so often, not just the players, but the coaches, the management. 
um, the the kind of behind the scenes stuff that goes on with with Les Snead and, and his staff uh, going into that process. Obviously, they just don't get to the end of the preseason and sit down and go, "Okay, guys, who are we going to keep?" You know, this is something that goes right. on throughout the the spring, throughout OTAs, throughout training camp. Um, what would you tell people? I mean, what's kind of the most important thing to know about this process and, and about kind of how Les uh, heads up that that group of people? Right. And it's a process that that really, especially when you're talking about some of these younger players, it starts, I mean, it, it's starting right now for the next wave of players, you know, uh, and has actually, you know, at the end of training camp, typically your your all your area scouts, you know, get their get their assignments, you know, what areas they're going to cover uh, a list of players that they've already kind of predetermined um, are, are guys that are on the radar. Uh, and they've already begun to fan out to college campuses and college games and, you know, spending one, two days at a USC and then UCLA, you know, and Michigan and Notre Dame and on and on and on and on. Uh, so these guys are on top of this. And then then you have, you know, you have your regional scouts then you have what they call uh, over the top guys. Those guys come back in to get a second look at guys that the regional scouts, you know, deemed, hey, th- these guys are should be on our radar. You need to come out and, and take a look at them. And you know, the, the, they're it's they're kind of an anonymous crew uh, to the outside world, but within the football ranks, uh, there's some pretty, you know, uh, well respected, really well respected, uh, you know, members of this front office that you know you're talking about, like Taylor Morton, senior per- personnel advisor. Uh, Brian Zanders, another senior personnel uh, executive, used to be uh, was the general manager of the of the Denver Broncos. Ray Agnew, Brad Holmes, he's their director of college scouting. Uh, J. W. Jordan, he kind of handles their draft management. He's he works more inside the office, uh, trying to plug holes and and figure out you know uh, okay uh, we need to get a second look at this guy or we need to to look into his background a little bit more. We need to so he kind of crafts all of that. You've got John McKay. Um, you know, uh, you know that name pretty well. Haven't been a USC uh, graduate. You've got Ted Monago. He's an assistant uh, college scouting director. Uh, Marty Barrett, a national scout. I know I'm kind of going on and on with the names, and they probably don't mean a lot to a lot of people, but within the Rams structure, they mean a ton. And it's why, you know, you have a roster right now that is pretty much homegrown. I mean, I, I counted from last year to this year. Um, only you, you know you've got Blake Bortles, you've got uh, Eric Weddle, and you've got Clay Matthews. Those are really the only three outside players um, that they've brought in. Everyone else was a was a carryover from last year or a, a hand picked, homegrown draft pick from this year or undrafted free agent. Now they did bring in Coleman Shelton, uh, the center. Uh, yesterday they added him to the fifty three man roster after putting J- Justin Lawler, you know, on the uh, on the IR, uh, which enables them to get Justin back at some point this season. So really, four guys from last year, only four newcomers from last year. Otherwise, they were drafted this year or, or you know, uh, signed as undrafted free agents. That's a pretty good ratio right there, and it just it just goes to show how how well these guys are doing this job. And 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 you know, Les Snead is the manager of that of that department, and I think he deserves a lot of credit a, a, as well. This is a good young football team. And when you start wondering, hey, how can you pay, you know, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, um, you know, and Aaron Donald? Well, what you do is you draft well and you develop well and you get some hidden gems like the Corey Littletons of the world. And who knows, maybe the, the Trez Patricks of the world and the Simba Websters of the world and are able to get good young talent at reasonable prices to put around 
your higher priced players. And so they're going about it the right way. Obviously they went to the Super Bowl last year, so they're on the right track. And and this and the fact that five guys got cut uh, and were picked up by by other teams uh, tells you just how uh, well these guys are nailing uh, the talent aspect and the personnel aspect. The other thing I think that's important, Vinny, is kind of the relationship between Les and Sean. And no this is tough because, you know, we weren't really around, well, we weren't around at all in St. Louis, but we, we weren't around for the early years of of Jeff Fisher and, and Les Snead. They obviously both got hired in, in 2012. Jeff actually got hired before Les did, which is one of those weird kind of, <laughs> how does that work out right. kind of situations. And there was always, and, and I tried to go back and, and research this and read about this as much as I could. It was never completely clear to me what the delineation was there in kind of responsibilities. There was actually a story, you know, Fisher went on the record at one point and said, you know, that that basically said he took the job because he could have personnel control. I'm paraphrasing there. I'm sorry if I didn't get the quote exactly right. But the the uh, the, the gist was that, that he took the job because he could get control, you know, over personnel. Now, was that full control? And if so, what did that mean for less? I'm not really sure. We weren't there at this point. It's kind of irrelevant, but I, I always wondered about that because, you know, Jeff would also periodically make comments, you know, like when they when they didn't bring back Janoris Jenkins or, or things like that, he, he would kind of subtly say, well, you know, we didn't we didn't get to keep some of our guys. And, and I would look at that and go, well, didn't you say that you were in charge of personnel? Right. So how does that work exactly? So I found that a little bit fascinating, but the only reason I bring all that up now is it seems to me that that synergy between Sneed and McVeigh is tight. And again, we can't compare it necessarily to to Sneed and Fisher because I, I wasn't there for the early part of it. But we've been here for all of this since since Sean came aboard in, in 2017. And that's not always easy because they don't always have the same... Uh, you know, goals in mind. Les and, and his people sometimes are looking more at the salary cap or looking at how they're structuring their salaries or how do, how do guys fit on the roster. Sean is is looking more at how, do, how am I going to get these guys on the field? How am I going to, you know, get the offense that I want on the field? And, and those things sometimes don't always go hand in hand depending on the player and the salary and that sort of thing. So how do you think those guys have developed? To me, from day one, I, I think they were kind of on the same page. But but have, have you seen that kind of evolve over the last couple of years? And, and how much of that do you think plays into the Rams' ultimate success? Well, uh, hugely, and and uh, to take it one step further, it's not just you know the synergy uh, between you know Sean and Les. It's the entire coaching staff. You know, you're talking about Wade Phillips and Aaron Cromer. Uh, you know, coaches that kind of know what they're looking for in the player in the in the scheme that they run. Um, and and you know, Les has told me this a million times. Uh, Sean's ability to articulate what he's looking for in a player um, as well as, you know, your Aaron Crummers and your Wade Phillips is second to none. And that just is hugely important uh, to, for a guy like Les who can see it 
and understand it. Okay, uh, this is what you're looking for in a wide receiver. This is what you're looking for in an inside linebacker. Uh, safety, you know, uh, on and on and on and on. Uh, and so now he knows what to look for and, and educate his scouts on, on, you know, these are the kind of what we prioritize in each position and what they're looking for in each position. And then one other step further is the development, the, the, the coaching development, because it's one thing to get good players in or even raw, talented young players. The, other, the next step is developing in them. So, so from, from beginning to end in that process, it's worked really well. But specifically, as it relates to, to Sean and, and Les, I think both uh, you know, guys will tell you, and, and you know, I've talked to it, about this with both of them, the the uh, chemistry that they de- they developed literally on their their first night that they ever met you know at uh, at dinner when when Sean was interviewing for the position um, he told me that you know it didn't take long at all uh, in his initial conversations with Les where in the back of his head he's like okay I could work with this guy you know, it was that quick uh, and I think it's grown ever since and there's kind of a joke around uh, around the Rams that there's a little bromance going on between Les and Sean and they kid about it but. You know, it's 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 not a bad thing when your coach and general manager are totally on the same page, and it really looks like like they are. And I think you can see it. I mean, right off the bat, you know, they go and get an Andrew Whitworth, they go and get a Robert Woods. A lot of people thought that they overpaid for Robert Woods. Sean uh, knew what he was looking for in that position, um, and and you know, Les went out and got you know a prototypical wide receiver that fits this that you know that system to a T. The Cooper Cups, you know, the Brandon Cooks. Uh, this was all instantaneous. Well, Brandon was a couple of years later, but you know, Robert, um, um, Cooper cup, uh, Andrew Whitworth, this is, was an infusion of talent, like f- immediately into Sean McVay's, uh, tenure as the head coach. And so that synergy between he and Les paid dividends right off the bat. Um, and it's just, to me, it's just gotten better and you can see, in some of these draft picks and some of these undrafted free agents and, and some of the, you know, free agents that they bring in from the outside, they all kind of fit a specific criteria at the position that they're playing uh, and also how they are and interact in the, uh, in the locker room as well. So yeah, it's, I mean, I can't imagine that it's any better. I'm not saying it's the best in the league, but I can't imagine that it's any better anywhere else uh, compared to, you know, what their, how they, their working relationship that they've built. It probably helps that they can share hair product too, right? I mean, that yes. you can bond over that right away. Hey, what are you using? You know, what are you going to switch to? So, there's exactly. our first hair joke of the podcast. We should we should keep <laughs> we, the first of many. The first of many, yeah. So you know, communication I think is just so important there, Vinny, and, and both of those guys are such good communicators. A coach isn't always going to get everything he wants, and and I think a, no. a smart coach. Uh, you know, a savvy coach knows that you you might push and and you know have some butt heads sometimes even maybe you know about what you want and what you can get. Uh, you know, certainly a coach would want to go out and get every single you know player he could and and bring every star player in and put them in. But those that's not always realistic. Uh, it's kind of I think you know communicating to your general manager and, and to that staff what are your priorities you know what's important to you either in terms of a type of player or a type of personality in that locker room like you said uh, and just having that open communication whereas you know if Les can go to Sean and say 
hey, you know, we're looking at this guy or we're looking at this trade or whatever it might be. What do you think? And just getting as much open and honest feedback from from Sean as possible. Again, it might not go that way. It might not go exactly the way that the coaches want it to. Uh, but I think there's kind of mutual understanding there. Uh, less understanding what Sean needs, what Sean wants as a coach, and perhaps also Sean understanding, okay, you know, maybe this can happen, maybe it can't in in terms of the salary cap and things like that. But it's it seems to me that it's clear, and, and I think we both saw this, you know, from early in 2017 that. The, the, the fundamentals are there, the fundamental message, the fundamental theme of, of what it means to be a Los Angeles Ram right now. I, I think those guys are on the exact same page in terms of that. And, and when you have that as kind of your umbrella, as, as your, you know, kind of your, your thesis or whatever it might be, I think everything else falls in line. If, if you have a coach and a GM who are off page on those kind of things, then you got some big trouble because then you got guys with different priorities and, and you know, thinking different things. And, and that's just not going to work. But, but I think we've seen from the beginning uh, that those guys are, are on, on the same page. So, I mean, it's crazy to think, but Vinny, I, I think this could be a partnership that lasts for, for a very, very long time. Yeah, and they were, you know, obviously they were they were uh, signed together their their contract extensions that keep them here for you know for a good long time. But you know, also just to reiterate um, that development uh, aspect uh, arm of this of this whole process, uh, and you see it every year now with with the Rams when you're a guy like Corey Littleton can spend a redshirt year basically um, developing behind the scenes. Joseph Sebastian Day. Um, or Sebastian Joseph Day, I'm sorry, I was thinking about Joseph Noteboom and Brian Allen, guys who, you know, were drafted and kind of, you know, uh, uh, redshirted, uh, but uh, the time was well, was well, their time was well used behind the scenes, developing themselves and, you know, getting acclimated. uh, And then a year down the road, all of a sudden they're starting. Um, and it's, it, there's a lot of confidence. It takes some discipline and some confidence, uh, to do that. Um, you know, the easy thing would be, Hey, let's go sign, you know, a, a new guard. Let's go sign uh, a new nose tackle or whatever the, a new inside linebacker, whatever the case might be, but trusting the process. And I know we hear that a lot, uh, elsewhere, but it truly is a process that, Hey, we drafted these guys for a reason. They may not be ready right now. We may not need them right now. Um, what's important is that, they're putting the work in. We're putting the work in with them so that at some point, and in, in a lot of cases, sooner rather than later, they're going to be ready to start. Uh, and I know that it causes some angst with some fans. Oh, my gosh, is Joseph Noteboom ready to go? Is Brian Allen ready to go? Well, there's been a lot of investment put into guys like that and Sebastian. Um, they did their end of it. The Rams did their end of it. Uh, and they feel comfortable now, a year later after drafting them, that they're going to be ready to contribute. And, and there's some players right now. Uh, the Greg Gaineses of, of of the world, um, you know, first year players right now. Uh, Dakota Allen on the practice squad, Natrez uh, Patrick, uh, Simba Webster, guys that you may not see too much of uh, early on or or this year, um, but there's a there's a long range plan pl- uh, plan involved. So that synergy between Sean um, and Les, and then you know bringing in the kind of players that they want, and then being patient with players and the development aspect of it to finally get them to a point where, hey, they're ready to contribute in a big way. It's kind of fascinating uh, to watch it all play out. And I think that um, it's one of the Rams right now uh, underrated great attributes uh, because we see them being able to to develop players that 
kind of surprising to the fans or to to everybody else. Like, wow, this guy's turned out to be a pretty good player. Like Corey Littleton, you know. So, so I think it's a it's it bodes well for the future how that whole process functions. For sure. And and speaking of the future, I, I think we can look ahead. I, I think we can officially yes. now put a lid on the 2019 offseason uh, from OTAs to the draft training camp and everything. You know, may it rest in peace. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think it's it's time to look forward. There's actually a game coming up on Sunday. And I know that uh, in our next podcast on, on Friday, we'll kind of drill down into some specifics of the game. We'll look at some matchups and exactly how the Rams and Panthers are going to look when they get on the field there uh, on Sunday. But I just wanted to uh, get your thoughts, Vinny. Let's let's go back and forth here because it's the start of the season. Everybody's kind of wondering how this is going to go. So, you know, if, if we do consider ourselves kind of uh, experts on the team, uh, we should probably put ourselves on the board here and, and say, you know, how we think things are going to go. So I want to toss a couple things at you. You and, and I'll give my opinions here too. But uh, you know, just let's make some predictions here. Let's let's talk about how this season is going to go. And and nothing matters more than wins. Obviously, the Rams yes. were thirteen and three last year. Uh, I I think even kind of exceeded expectations from the start of the season in in winning thirteen games. Vinny, I'm going to set the over under this year at eleven point five wins. Are you taking the over or are you taking the under? Um. Yeah, I would probably go with under uh, on that. And, you know, it's it's, it's funny, um, during OTAs, um, you know, I, I remember watching the Rams in OTAs this past spring. And, and you know, I, I was curious to see how they were going to react coming back off the Super Bowl. You know, are they going to be woe is me? Are they going to be dragon? Are they, you know, just kind of studying and looking for any sort of clue of where they were mentally. And to be honest, I was just like, wow, blown away. These guys have attacked the OTAs and, and that phase of it and and they're ready to to to, to roll and, and I you know after about four four of the OTA practices that I watched I just happened to you know text one of the coaches and I'm like you know hey this is just my observation but it really looks like you know these guys are have hit the ground running um they've put the Super Bowl behind them um you know that's just my observation and am I reading this correctly and and the response was you know, absolutely. Um, and it was interesting what this coach said. He's like, look, I can't promise that we're going to win 13 games. That's hard to do. You know, that's a lot of wins in an NFL season. But what I can say is that as long as we stay healthy, based on what I've seen so far and how they've attacked the offseason, and not just the players, but the but the rest of the coaching staff, this has a chance to be a better team overall than last year's team. So while I'm going with the under um, uh, on your 11.5 uh, win projection, uh, that doesn't mean that I think this is this team's not going to be as good as last year. In fact, I think it's gonna it is does have a chance, a really good chance of being better. It's just really hard <laughs> to win 13 games. You got to win the close ones. You got to get some breaks. Uh, you got to stay healthy. Um, you know, throughout the course of the season. So I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna go to 13 because I think it's just really hard to do that. Uh, but with the asterisk that. I do think that this is going to be a better team than it was last year. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I'd pick the under two, but I don't think dramatically under. I think 11, you know, right. might might be the number, and and that doesn't to me indicate a huge regression or anything like that. Like you said, it's tough to win 13 games in the NFL. Uh, that's not something even the best of teams can count on doing. You know, every year. Um, so you know, I, I do look at the fact that the Rams 
have had a lot of injury luck in, in terms of guys staying in the lineup. Do you expect that to continue? I'm not sure. We've talked a lot about the offensive line, particularly at the start of the season. Are they going to need a little bit of time to gel? And if so, could you know that contribute to a, an early season loss that, that maybe wouldn't have been a loss last year? I think that's possible. Um, I still think they'll be fine. I, I look at the division. I don't see anybody there who's you know really, really banging and knocking down the door. Uh, so, so I think they're probably okay there. And like you said, and, and we've talked about this before, we, we've, I'm sure we will talk about it again during the season. The, the point is to get yourselves where you want to be in November and December and start gearing up for those playoffs. And, and I think this team has that in mind. And, and I think the, the decisions that they make and kind of the way that the season progresses will be with an eye toward that. So I, I am taking the under, but I, I also, like you, Vinny, don't see that you know, as a reason uh, to panic or anything like that. So uh, we've looked at the team. Let's let's do a couple individual awards. Uh, team MVP, who, who do you got, Vinny? Uh, I'm going to go with Jared Goff. I think that uh, he's ready to shoulder even more um, of, of, a, of a burden, if you want to call it, or responsibility. And I think, you know, uh, Todd Gurley uh, looks healthy and, and explosive and, and athletic, but I think that there's going to be some load management with him. So I think that his numbers are probably going to reflect it, may reflect that, maybe not dramatically, but, but certainly noticeably. Um, and I just think that Jared Goff's ready to take that next step. So I'm going to go with Jared Goff. I'm going to go with Aaron Donald, you know, the talk about a low hanging fruit, right? But, you know, I, I look at it and I just, in part because Aaron is, is so dominant, but I think that defense, and I know, you know, people have written about this and it's been talked about, but I think you're going to see some improvement out of that defense this year. I, I don't even necessarily know why. I just kind of have a feeling that, that some of the couple of the changes that were made and, and maybe having looked back at last year and, and seeing, you know, what went wrong in some cases, maybe shoring up that run defense a little bit. I think you're going to get a little bit of a different look from, from that Rams uh, defense this year and maybe to the point even where if that offense does regress a little bit and and that wouldn't be unnatural or shocking I don't think if it did uh, a little bit that that I think the defense can can pick up the slack there and uh you know you look at Aaron's season last year and just what a what a monster he was and you almost forget that that contract dispute was going on and that he didn't have a training camp and he wasn't there at the very early part of the season i mean you you for the first time now since when vinny 2016 i guess you you're going to be getting a full season fully prepared Aaron Donald out there and to me that's just that must be terrifying if, if you're an opposing offense so uh, really excited to see what he can do based on that and and maybe what he can do based on maybe some improvements that that, that defense is going to have uh, behind Wade Phillips so uh, fascinated to see what happens there um, how about rookies Vinny I mean there, we, we talk about how this is a pretty you know veteran heavy Rams team you're not going to necessarily see a whole lot of rookies stepping in uh, but there are a couple guys who, who could see roles and maybe could grow into roles uh, bigger roles as the season goes on who who are you pegging for for rookie of the year um i'm gonna go with taylor rap because uh, i think he's gonna get on the field uh, early daryl henderson as well uh, i think there will be a role for daryl henderson uh, asap uh, but i just think that taylor rap um, is a guy that Wade Phillips um, is going to be able to utilize and plug in and 
um, line up all over the field. That's what he did at Washington. He was a safety at Washington, but he played everything, pretty much every position on the, on the field, depending on what the situation was and what the scheme call was. Um, and I think that you're going to see a lot of that this year. He's going to rush the passer. He's going to, uh, you know, line up at linebacker and run support. He's going to be uh, a cover guy. You're going to see him uh, often on running backs and, and tight ends. And I was, you know, keying in on him. During training camp in the preseason, uh, his coverage skills look really, really good. Um, obviously, now he has to do that on Sundays. But to me, uh, I, I think Taylor Rapp, and, and it kind of goes to your point about the defense being, you know, potentially being a little bit better. I, I just think that there's m- more versatility on this team, um, and I think that Wade Phillips loves that. That's that's what he's known for. You know, you bring in a guy like Clay Matthews, who a, another guy you can line up all over the field. A guy like Eric Weddle, another guy you can line up all over the field. You can use him as a pass rusher, uh, run support, uh, obviously in, in pass coverage. These guys have a lot of tools in their toolbox that they can, you know, uh, put out there for, for Wade to, to utilize. So I think when it's all said and done, I'm with you. I think the Rams' defense – uh, can be markedly markedly better than than it was last year. So uh, as a rookie, I'm going with Taylor Rapp. Yeah, I, I should have gone first, Vinny, because I, I I thought you were going to pick <laughs> Daryl Henderson, but uh, but <laughs> I agree. I, I think it's Taylor Rapp for for I, I thought you said it perfectly there for for all of those reasons, and and I'm excited to kind of see how he can grow grow into a, a bigger role and and how he can partner with John Johnson back there too. I, I think that's always important is you know not only the players individual skills but but how they play off of each other and kind of how those two guys can uh, can mesh and and kind of complement each other's skills and and like you said how Taylor can also uh, you know show his versatility and, and help out in in other areas so I, I like what I've seen there uh, especially from you know a pure pure rookie who has zero experience at all uh, I thought he showed some stuff and and I'm excited to see uh, what he can do when when he gets out there so I, I agree and, and I think you, you said it perfectly there so we're going to wrap up with one that is close to my heart and uh, it is, I, I became fascinated early on with, with Stan Kroenke and uh, his suits because I remember specifically one day he showed up wearing a, a full tan suit. And I thought, wow, that's, that's something. It's something you don't see a whole lot, especially from a, from a billionaire. Um, so it, this actually kind of became a thing because I think it was 2017 and the Rams were starting to win a couple games here and there. And he was wearing these tan suits and it was like, well, he's got to keep going with it now, right? I mean, it's like a thing. And, and I was actually told that, that he became aware of this. Like, he, he was actually aware that, you know, he had a, a lucky tan suit. So, Vinny, we saw it less last year. Uh, and I, I don't know whether that was strategic. You know, maybe Stan thought, well, I just have to bring out the tan suit every so often, you know, in the, in the big games or whatever. But he settled nicely into that uh, navy blue. I mean, he probably has like 20 or 25 of them. So it's not the same one every time. But the question here, Vinny, is Carolina, uh, you know, season opener, are we going to see the tan suit on Sunday or will it be navy blue? Well, I've been going back and forth on this, uh, but I think weather conditions are going to play a role. I think it's going to be hot and extremely humid in Charlotte on Sunday, and so I think he's going to give himself a little bit of relief by going with the, um, you know, with with the lighter color. So I'm going to go tan. 
That's exactly my reasoning. You stole. We did not even plan this, but I, I think that way too. You know, it's 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 fall. You know, we're almost into fall now. It's kind of like a more lighter, you know, colorful thing. I, I think we're going to see it. I, I think you know, it's a lucky suit. You got to start the season off right. So uh, I would expect uh, we'll, we'll track this during the year too. I think we're going to predict, yes. uh, you know, how, how many we get right. And uh, by the way, if you think there's a game where Stan won't be wearing sunglasses, I, I think you should also point that out because that would be very important to, to note. Even even in indoor games, the, the sunglasses are always uh, a, a key feature uh, to the wardrobe. So having some fun with that and, and looking forward to, uh, to, to seeing what Stan, uh, you know, sports on the field. But uh, Vinny, well, the next time we're with people will be uh, Friday. And we will break down the Carolina Panthers and, and exactly what that game is going to look like. I'm sure we'll offer some predictions uh, there and what, what we can expect on the field and, and maybe give a score prediction too. But uh, between now and then, uh, please, everybody, continue to, to give us your feedback. Uh, it's been great so far. We really appreciate everyone listening. You can uh, catch us on Twitter. Uh, Vinny's at, at Vinny Bonsignor. I am at Rich underscore Hammond. Uh, please, whether it's on uh, iTunes, if you could please subscribe or, or give us your feedback there. Uh, rate the podcast, particularly if you enjoy it. Uh, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll be coming at you again on Friday. And, and Vinny, I know you'll be excited to, to give your final breakdown uh, b- before that first game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and I think on Friday, we're also going to get into uh, a little bit on Todd Gurley and what what it's going to look like on Sundays moving forward for, for Todd Gurley, especially early in the season. I think that he passed uh, some major tests. Um, not not that he necessarily needed to pass those tests in his own eyes, but I think the rest of the world was really curious uh, based on what happened in December and January and early February with the knee last year, what it was going to look, and then all the rumors, of course, uh, that that, uh, that followed, what he was going to look like health-wise. He looks tremendous health-wise, but now uh, we get into... What is his workload really going to look like during games? Uh, and so we'll get into that on Friday. And I echo uh, everything that Rich said. Thank you very, very much for the support. Uh, we really appreciate it. Again, we're all ears. So if you have uh, things that you want us to talk about or look into, um, you know, just please uh, hit us up however you hit us up, uh, and, and we'll get right on it. So, uh, so thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday, uh, right outside of the uh, of the season opener against uh, Cam Newton and the, and the Carolina Panthers. I can't wait. So, uh, so Rich, uh, appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>